Rock and roll. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to Rebet Live. We are back at it. Uh, CEO Juicy Group, the bro, Tim Alp. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Well, all things considered, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. It's a weird question to ask, right? People ask, how are you going? And you, if you were going to be really honest, you'd be like, yeah, but got to stay positive. But we'll, we'll we were just talking about at least you've come fully prepared with the branding. We're going, we've got the hat, you've got the t shirt, you got, and then your answer was. <laughs> Well, my my answer is basically uh, I've got nothing else. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah. I always I always laugh and say to people, you know, if this 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 business has has to work right because I'd have to go out there and get a whole new wardrobe and it'd be a pain in the ass. So yeah, no, nah, this is me. Cards, this, that, this is that, me that, normally. That whole thing. I get yeah. it, man. Um, where, yeah. where you're at, right? You're you're at the pad. What are you doing? Yeah, just at, based at home. Uh, we've had been for the last sort of three weeks, um, and. Yeah, it's a new experience for me, to be honest with you, just for sort of being based downstairs. Lucky enough to have a room downstairs. I'm actually behind me. I've got a, quite a geeky daughter who's sort of 14 years old and re- reads all the time. So this is her collection of books. You're supposed but, to say they're your books because you're the one with the brains. You're not supposed to. Obviously, it's like, mate, the, the new brains are the new weapons, mate. You could say they're like all sorts of books. He's like, you know, the future of tourism 3.0. You could say it's the how to survive flipping death blows to an industry. I mean, you've got some, there's some good books back there. Oh, mate, there's some great books. Right? If you're a massive Harry Potter fan. Oh, Nancy Drew and other things. No, I mean, in all honesty, it's, um, yeah, I, I actually, my, one of my things this year was to read a lot more and uh, and to, to do more of that. So that's kind of cool. But I cannot take credit for these. These are very much my uh, amazing 14-year-old daughter. Jeez, um, what a world you're in right now. For the, Actually, yeah. let's, let's rhyme back. So for those who aren't aware of, um, you know, Juicy's footprint, where you're at and what you're doing, give, give a quick one-on-one of maybe what um, uh, Juicy looked like a month ago. We'll start there. Because <laughs> you... Yeah. Like, like BC, like Juicy yeah, BC. Yeah, no, P- PC, pre-corona, AC, after corona. It's a thing. Okay, okay, okay. AC and PC, perfect. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like, so we're, a, we're obviously a tourism business based out of New Zealand. have been going for about 18 years. Started by my brother and I as a small little um, car rental business, off renting 35 cheap, pretty shitty cars to to backpackers uh, that came into the country and sort of evolved from there and probably more well-known now for our camper van product, which we offer across New Zealand, Australia, and uh, into the US. Uh, but we also have a, an accommodation brand called Juicy Snooze, which is a pod hotel business that we operate in Auckland, Christchurch, and Queenstown. And we have a cruise company called Juicy Cruise, which does trips around the Milford Sound and the bottom, bottom of the South Island there. Uh, and yeah, about 400 staff, um, Pre, obviously pre uh, pre COVID, we had a for a staff based out of Auckland manufacturing as well of our camper vans and sort of a, a tourism business very much focused on the uh, the adventure type tourism mm. tourism and experience type very much on the back of a brand. And AC, where are we sit <laughs> where are we sitting at the moment? Yeah, it's um it's a very different world and and I think just the the suddenness of it was what probably yeah. threw us. We we did see, I mean, to be honest with you, coming from probably from it was probably the perfect storm, to be honest. We had, uh, you know, it was all going around quite nicely, and then the fires hit in Australia, and we were quite a big popper in Australia, and that kind of took a big hit out, hit out of the sails over there. And then we had massive floods in Milford Sound that closed the roads down there. And then, um, lo and behold, uh, the the coronavirus hit, and sort of overnight, our you know our business sort of went from this to, to nothing. And um, like all tourism businesses, actually, actually like all businesses, really. Uh, affected by it, sort of the instantaneousness was huge. And uh, yeah, just just hit us for a six. And sort of it's now been in the last, you know, three weeks, really last month has all been around, you know, how do we, what do we get, what do we do? How do we get through this? Mm. And what do we need to, to survive and come out the other side? Yeah, mutual friend of ours in the tourism game here, I think he had a couple hundred staff and he basically had a 90% decrease of, in staffing pretty much overnight, 90%. Yeah, and, and it was right. like, and 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 talking to him about it, and um, his kind of two cents was, it's everyone. You're right that everyone goes to stop. The problem is in the industry that it's in. When it's go again, the cafe can open and sell a coffee, but literally without the customer who's four thousand miles away that can't fly, it changes the whole dynamic of what that how that actually goes to. When you knew it was going to go, was there a moment? Was it the briefing on the Wednesday when Jacinda at one forty was like, "We're going to four, whatever it was. Is that the moment that you knew shit was changed? What was the moment that hit and you're like, 
whoa, everything's now flipped and we're back to the drawing board a little. What was, did you have a moment or was it kind of like you could feel something coming? What was the buzz? Yeah, I think it's like you can look off in the horizon, you can see the dark clouds and you can see the, and you kind of just assuming that, and we we kind of saw it, I suppose, a little bit from, from January onwards in tourism. We saw that, you know, things were changing the Chinese market, which we didn't tend to get a lot of business from the Chinese market. It's not one of our major clientele bases, but we could see it changing and we could see it impacting on some businesses and we could see the sort of trend and it didn't take a rocket scientist to realize I was actually up in Europe about three weeks before all this hit, seeing all of our customers over there and just being over there and seeing our our, our customers in Europe and Germany and Switzerland, you could get a sense from them that things yeah. were happening. Uh, they could see it. And so, you know, was it the massive whack that we kind of, we, we anticipate, well, did we get it because that we got, did we anticipate that? Probably not to that certain degree. I think that was kind of like, holy shit, it's just, it's just stopped. Everything just stopped. But you know, we did, we definitely did see, 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 see something coming on the horizon. Yeah, that and the when you when you saw it, were there conversations at an exec level around um, if the, if this happens, then what? Like, where did the where did the thinking go initially? Because obviously a lot of businesses have been very, probably the majority of businesses have been very reactionary after the fact, don't even think about it. If you had a sense of this a couple of months ago, what were some of those initial conversations like? Yeah, I, I think for us it was, I don't think we ever had a sense of the the gravity of it. I don't think we ever thought you know, everything would just stop and we would go into this total mothball hibernation state. But I think we were already looking at our at our business. We were already looking at aspects of the business saying, you know, have we got, you know, is it, have we got all these aspects right? Are there ways in which we could be changing the business model in different areas to 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 focus differently and get a better better going forward? So we were kind of doing a little bit of that already. I think what happened was as soon as this hit, we were just like shit. And it, to be honest with you, I mean, like all tourism businesses, I'm sure, um, it was about we've got to move, we've got to move really, really quickly. It's about survival, you know. It's about how do you get through. And the hardest thing I think for us is, and for other tourism business that we've spoken to, and we've spoken to a lot of them, um, is really understanding what the what what the future looks like. Um, you know, it's. I think your, your your reference to a cafe is a really good one because you can kind of, you know, you'll open back up and you'll, you know, you'll know there'll be people out there now. People may not, may not be able to spend what they used to, but there will be. But for us, a large part of our business came out of offshore. We know the planes aren't flying. And now it focuses on domestic, which is which is great, and it's great that domestic is happen. What does it look like? How do, how how big? How small? And then what does the future of international look like? And how do you predict that? Yeah, at the coming out, when this started rolling through, by the by the end of the first week, there was this kind of patriotic vibe I got, where it's like a lot of countries are you know we need to be able to look out for ourselves and bring it back home and resiliency and blah, blah, blah. But in so much of the New, the New Zealand's economy is just trade and export and tourism, blah, blah, blah. Then, then I was thinking about it, thinking there's going to be this weird dynamic of energy at the leadership level when they start to do these things back up. Because simultaneously, they're going to need all these international partnerships. At the same time, I need to look out for our own. And then there's going to, I, I was thinking about uh, how did they then create, and I called it like hyper-local resiliency, where it was yeah. like they want to back the local. They want to go see Steve at the corner that gives me my coffee for that. They really want to triple down and actually go for local care with genuine relationships and depth and potentially brand for price because they know the impact it actually has. And then yep. I was saying, okay, from a tourism side, um, I'm on the board of Figure NZ with uh, Stephen Ingen Hall, who, who you know, um, CEO yeah. of tur uh, Tourism New Zealand. And I was just, and, and we had a quick chat, and I was like, it's going to go the other way, huh? Where it'll be like hyper local activity, local activity, regional activity, national activity, then international going global. So it's actually going to, that is the plan as we go from four down to zero, it's going to go hyper local to global. Is that, is that in a nutshell, I mean, very simplistically, is that the thinking of, the approach to most tourism-based businesses now, how they're thinking about rejigging the offerings for the future. Well, yeah, I think so. It's definitely how we're thinking about it. Um, how that time frame looks is still really unsure. Is it is it three months local domestic? Is it six months? It's, it's Trans Tasman. Is it, it, what? We, no one really knows. Um, but I think there is a really good opportunity. I mean, we we're forced into this right in the sense that you know this is a domestic play for the foreseeable future at least and. And how do we make the most out of it? I mean, I think, you know, how do we, as a business, as a tourism operator, how do we work with other tourism operators 
you know, we have this thing called Mates Helping Mates. And, and I think there's a, there is a really good opportunity in tourism to work collectively. And we've started having some of those conversations with, um, yeah, because at the moment, I think at the first couple of weeks, it was very much around survival. How do you get your, make your business as lean as possible? How do you reduce your costs? How do you just get through? And now it's about looking at, okay, if you've done that, how do you then look about how do we make the most of the opportunity? How do we work with uh, other operators? How do we collectively encourage um, Kiwis, New Zealanders, and then ultimately Trans-Tasman, and then ultimately back to internationals to actually get out there and, and experience and see the country, whether it's in New Zealand or in Australia or in the US? Yeah, the, um, to the exact point, you just got me thinking, uh, Cameron George, CEO of the Warriors, was talking about he wants to have more horizontal collaboration with open comms where, you know, why can't they be sitting at the same table with these other different industries or verticals that are having similar challenges and look at all the different overlaps. And it's a, uh, I was on a conversation uh, yesterday thinking uh, with someone who's going to be on the show um, in a bit and he was saying, now's the time for, for pure lateral thinking, pure lateral thinking. Cause whenever these box comes out of these rules, it's like, great. Well, what, how do we then flip it around? And even earlier today, we're talking, I was just had this thing. I was like, okay, well cafes, you can maybe, you know, go to for your takeaway coffees and stuff, but bars probably are probably kind of stuff. Cause you're not going to be wearing a mask and having beers and stuff. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, why wouldn't you potentially flip those into, you know, uh, pop-up shared workspaces for, for different staffing and especially if certain businesses need all that stuff there, but if there's social safe distancing at the workplace, there might not be enough square footage and meterage in a lot of these businesses. So you could actually get potentially bigger businesses with budget or whatever, partnering with bars for food and bev and, and cheaper space to actually just help get it through. I think these, I mean, I don't know if that's, I think that could happen, but it's, it's thinking like that where it's, it's lateral. So in the tourism space, what are some of the lateral, ways that you're thinking about reusing existing assets, physical bricks and mortar, like what, what, what are some of, where's some of your headspace at for? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, it's a really good point because I think it's very easy for us to go, you know, we can build packages that feed onto the jet boating operation in Queenstown or the, you know, or the, um, or the rafting operation, but actually to think laterally and think about how do we utilize some of the assets that we've got and like, you know, like a lot of tourism operators, we've got lots of right now unused assets and we've been fortunate to have, Good partnerships with you know the guys from Eat My Lunch, and they're now using our vehicles to deliver food around oh, nice. over this period, which is yeah. really really cool. Um, we've got a couple of contracts with um, customers who are using our assets, our, our camper vans for essential services, parking those up, and they're using them for additional accommodation because people are living in you know living in areas where they need additional rooms. So that sort of stuff is really really cool, and I think that's an opportunity as right now where we're in lockdown that that really works. But but going forward. Um, you know, I was talking to this amazing property down in um, on the Kaikoura coast yesterday who've got this incredible outlook and we're sort of sitting there going, well, you know, I've got these, we've got these camper van assets that may not be overly utilised in the next six months. You know, what if we park those up at these plot properties and they can be used as additional accommodation, not necessarily your traditional camper van model, but actually parked up and used um, and we can encourage. Because I think what's going to happen also is that a lot of New Zealanders will have their own vehicle, their own assets. So for our business, yeah, they may decide it's actually more affordable and better to use their own asset, but they still want to go and have these experiences outside of their of the home. So yeah, maybe they'll drive to a beautiful beach and we'll have a couple of vehicles parked up there that can be used like an Airbnb type scenario. So just trying to work mm. with other operators and stuff, just to, I think you've got to think outside the square. And I think this is a really totally. good opportunity for innovation um, because the way we traditionally you know, the, the the German customer flies into New Zealand and goes to our branch and picks up the camper van and drives for three weeks and flies back out again. That's not there. That's not there at the moment. So how do we then create and we innovate to get different customers and to, to get our New Zealanders seeing our country? The amount of people that said to me, was when I saw them coming yesterday and they, they, they told me they were about to do the rail trail and it's been cancelled, right? They can't do it, which is a real shame. And I sat there, I said to her, I've been wanting to do the rail trail for six years. I've been saying every year, I'm going to do the rail trial this year. And it's been six years I've been saying I've never done it. And there'll be lots of New Zealanders out there who will be doing the same thing. So, yeah. you know, it's an opportunity now to get out and experience these things. One of the ideas I was saying to Stephen is that this idea of, you know, the great Kiwi bucket list. And it's like, I love so, that, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, if, because if you're in that region, you know, if you've got the Canterbury spot and there's the, you know, you want to go to the certain pie shop or to this thing, and you could almost like gamify that through, you know, so you start the local, regional, national. So many Kiwis would do it. And even just for cash flow, some of these operators, 
you could pre-stack it up to either buy it online, whatever, get stamped down, digital app, blah, blah, content comes out of it, and just really try and drive that whole thing through. And, and the same thing is, is happening at the moment, not, not potentially just with tourism, but for the problems that New Zealand has seen digitally, for all these kind of holes in the bucket of all these different things that have gone on, it's like, I, w I just want there to be more of a collected, unified approach to building the solutions to these problems which we all have instead of a million people going off on the other ways which kind of ties in exactly to the, to the next but i was going to ask you about is when you're in a same industry there's competition a bunch of other players in a moment like this telcos instantly all got on the same thing and jason Jolie and all the crew jumped in like yep cool we're doing this as a collective how has it been co-opetition wise between others in the tourism sector around the chats of what's actually happening how, has it been similar to telco world or has it kind of been just like virtual just drinking whiskey with straws like ah oh. <laughs> no I, I kind of i kind of um i laughed a little bit because we operate in australia and, and new zealand and and i always laugh in australia you know we compete with lots of players over there but i always sort of say we compete um but you know if they could eat you eat your young they would sort of scenario <laughs> whereas and i'm good mates for that but whereas in new zealand we we compete and we might we will obviously say we're better than our guys next door or whatever, and we might talk about each other behind each other's back a little bit, but ultimately we're actually, we've got a mutual respect and we actually talk. And I've been in our game, in the in the camper van, our major game in the camper van game, um, I would be on the phone to our two major competitors, the two big players, on a pretty regular basis. And at least every couple of weeks, a couple of days would be texting. Because I think we all see this as, mm. you know, we're all in the same boat here. This sucks there's no other way to describe it um we all want these businesses to come out because i think one of the biggest fears around tourism especially our, our our business is that well not just our business but tourism in general is that if we don't get this thing right and if if we lose really iconic great businesses that provide an incredible experience incredible product when this thing comes back they're either not going to be there or they're going to be under different management, ownership, whatever, and that may have a real negative impact on that customer experience. So I think there is a real desire to see, you know, businesses get through this. And if we can help in any way, in competition, to be honest with you, to a certain degree, goes out the window a little bit, mm -hmm. I believe right now. Um, as much as we're as competitive as anything, we want to win, we want to get a contract off, off someone else. Um, ultimately, right now, um, you know, we've, we, when things are going really well, when the market returns, we want really good operators in there because it, it impacts on New Zealand Inc. That's just sort of my view. No, totally. At a, at a collective industry level, when you look at um, tourism, there's all these different touch points within it. And if you look at corporate structures of when they you know, want to come up for their different assets that they have in their portfolio, they're going to say, you know, I want a bit of this, bit of that, boom, boom, boom. And they string it together so it keeps the dollars cycled within it. Do you think there's going to be bigger plays happening in tourism, looking at these different touch points around tourism, NZ Inc. as a whole, to find out where these really weak, vulnerable ones are, which potentially not enough cash flow to get through, to potentially look at either consolidations or roll-up within within the sector? Do you see that potentially happening within the tourism space? Yeah, yeah potentially. I think um, I think there's, I mean, the, the tourism space is obviously is made up of a huge variety, whether it's, it's the, the, the significantly big operators, which actually... Um, it's probably more made up of the mar and pa smaller operators that, that do an, an amazing job sort of in their local region providing their product. And they are, they are like everyone, they're hurting, and they're hurting big time. Um, I hope that, you know, the opportunities that so the government are putting forward in terms of some of the wage subsidy, some of the, um, some of the things around um, potential, you know, loan options or whatever can help these guys get through. In terms of roll-ups and consolidation, look, in some parts of our industry, there's an, an absolute need for consolidation. Uh, I look at car rental for, as an example, right? Hugely competitive, hugely saturated, you know, just because low barriers to entry, multiple load operators, um, there probably is a need for it, you know, and maybe that 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 happens. Um, but and I think I think the challenge will be though, there's it's everyone. There's not one person in our game at the moment who's not doing it bloody tough. And I think the ability to actually go out there and do do these sorts of deals and have, have, a, have potentially the balance sheet to be able to do them will be limited at the moment. So look, I hope we don't lose lose the opportunity because I think there is some really good, good ways in which we could collaborate a lot better together as an industry and as competitors. Um, whether it happens or not, it's yet to be seen. Yeah, the, 
the dollars you'd need to make a roll-up of that size would be extremely significant. But you almost touched on a point there, Timbo, where you said, you know, a lot of these are small mom and pop shops. I know they're not going to have the cash flow to get through 12 months unless they extremely pivot to a lot of these things. So then you're going to be like, shit, okay, well, how do you kind of open back up for tourism if 70% of them don't exist anymore? It's like, okay. So there's kind of a, I'm not saying it's a government bailout type thing, which they're talking about in potential media, but do you think, do you think, I just thought of that, do you think, has government stepped into tourism heavy before? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, apart from the likes of the airlines uh, in New Zealand, um, which is a critical partner, right? It's a critical partner in terms of um, in terms of distribution and uh, getting people around the country and into New Zealand. So I get that. I think there is talk around um, tourism uh, of the government looking at tourism because you're absolutely right. That is that is the risk at the moment, right? In terms of um, in terms of just if these guys aren't there, if they're not yep. there when this comes back, what sort of experience is there? Or if the ones that are there aren't the right ones, that's also another major risk. So I think government definitely has a role to play in this. Um, they're probably getting it from all angles at the moment, right? Because yeah. there's no one Me- who's not... Media's a- going hard. Did you, did, you, did you read that spin-off article that came out? I flipping love, love Duncan and the crew there. Yeah. They, and it had this screen grab of all the players in media all on the same screenshot. And it had like sound bites of what everyone said throughout this chat. It is, is it? I'll, I'll go look it up. That looks oh, awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. But, but the point is, you know, they're going back and forth, blah, 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 saying some of them saying government support this, that. Some of them want them to just collapse and, and crumble. But there's a difference between a bad business model that is flawed, which is losing money, not because of Corona, compared to an industry which has been purely affected, that is a huge bottom line to New Zealand GDP that was affected by it. And I just would hate, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think either, either of us would last very long in politics, but it becomes very clear that one is because of something, one is not because of it, but they both are important to... Is that because you know, there's too, too many skeletons or just, just wouldn't last long? With, <laughs> no, <we're>, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, it's because we couldn't like have meetings for meetings and we've yeah. got, we, we'd just be too loose and our HR and PR <laughs> crews would just be like, what That's the it, fuck? Yeah. Yeah, we're being serious, Yeah. Um, no, I think to your point around um, government support and how can uh, – look, I, I think there is a real risk, and I think the government need to assess, assess that risk and think, you know, what happens if, these, if, if, if the experience isn't there? What happens? And yeah. I think – For a nation. Uh, for a nation. Like, like if you're looking at, you know, I think it's the largest employer, it's, it's one of the largest exports that we've got – if not the largest, and and with and there's a real and getting this country back on track post this now may may take six months or twelve months, whatever it takes. But it's tourism is an incredibly incredibly important part of our of, of our culture and our industry and our country. And if we do not protect that, and it's not, I mean, yes, the, the businesses like the New Zealand and and. And and you know even the juices and other operators are really important, right? Employ a lot of people, and um, and bring a lot of people through the country, etc. In the airports, but it's actually the experience also from. And one thing we our customers tell us the whole time, traveling around, you hear it all the time. You know, are oh, we the best parts they ever go to is the, you know, the the pie shop in in Arrow Town where yeah. they got the pie. These are the things they remember, right? Or the, the Maram, you know, the Marampa Hike Company out of France, Joe. Like these small little things in these moments. And you lose those, and that has a major risk to New Zealand Bank, in, yep. in my opinion. So there's, there's one thing I wanted to jump on exactly on that point. So we're in lockdown, businesses uh, um, stop. When it starts back off, anyone who wanted to do crazy restructures during this last month hasn't been able to because they look like assholes for doing it. But right after this, they've got a pretty easy scapegoat vehicle for either um, – total massive sweeping changes to the organizations and the rest of it. So I think there's um, unfortunately quite a bit of naivety to a lot of people who are currently employees of weaker organizations or average organizations who are not wary to actually the conversations that have been had. And I was talking to a, fr- a friend of mine who, um, you know, nine to five, a good dude for means well, but probably a bit naive to th- that industry and vertical with what the chats are having. And I literally said, I was like, bro, just a heads up straight up they're probably going to restructure and a role like yours now because they won't have the the cash flow they can blame um feet through the door they can blame boom 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 i think there's going to be a and my prediction was unfortunately there will be a massive wave of restructures shutdowns 
and a whole bunch that happen after this, which are obviously going to bump up the em employment numbers too. That second wave hasn't hit yet. And I think there's, I just wanted to, I don't even know if I wanted your, your two cents on it, but maybe do you, do you think that is possible slash likely? And then maybe for some an employee's perspective, where their headspace should actually be? Because I just don't want, I, I'm feeling a bit um, bad that there's a bit more naive. You know what I mean? I, I'm yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally get it. I think we're slightly, um, slightly different in, in our, in our industry in that everyone knows you know, we've, we've lost 95%, 99% of our revenue overnight, right? Everyone knows that in our game. And in our business, you know, we've been able to utilize the government subsidy because um, to, to, to keep our, to keep, you know, a large percentage of our guys on board um, for the next 12 weeks, because again, we didn't know what's going to happen, how long this is going to take. Um, but, you know, our business model will be different, you know, and I think we've, it will be different going forward. It just it just has to be. It's just going to be. And I think the key around it um, is communication. And our guys, every single person in our business, um, we communicate with, uh, you know, constantly. And they all understand the predicament we're facing. They all understand that things are going to be different. Um, I think if you ask them, um, I mean, that's the hardest thing I've found. The whole hardest thing we've all you know, we've had to exit already quite a few number of people. We've been able to utilize the government subsidy to keep people on board, which has been great. But a lot of people we've had to, you know, we just didn't have a choice in the matter. And it's about survival and, and trying to get through so we can actually go back out, re-go again and bring these people on board again. So I think it's about, from my perspective in tourism, I think you'd be very naive to not think there's going to be significant changes. It just, you know, you hear it every day from different, different players in our game. Um, and there is a there is the opportunity that you're gonna to have to reset. Um, whether we like it or not, we have to reset the business and we have to look at it and go, what does Juicy 2.0 look like um, in three months, six months, and twelve months time when normality, well hopefully it's sooner than that, normality comes back in. So you yeah, look, I I feel for people, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, we get we get emotional about this, you know. It's um Do you saw you saw John Maynard's um from Wilderness uh, Rentals, he, he's saying, you know, he had to make similar moves for staffing and he was ringing them up to see how they were. And then they were asking how he was. Yeah. And it's that level of like love and empathy and care within, the, it's so tribal and like so family, so plugged in and just, it, it is, hurts, man. Uh, it, it does. I mean, I, you know, we, every, the people that we had to, uh, unfortunately had to leave the business, I, uh, we've been in constant communication with them and just the, the responses that, that that we've got has just blown me away. It's been, um, to be honest with you, it's probably kind of got me through to a certain degree. Like these, you know, our, our guys in our finance team that we, you know, we had one of our AR girls sent me this email and it just blew my mind. I And I just stood there going, actually, this is what it's all about. Mm. And this person's no longer with us. And, and you know, and, and yet they had the, they sat there and said, you know, how are you guys going? I mean, the amount yeah, of text. Man. It's, I laugh at the amount of texts that I get, not just from crew, but from friends and colleagues and people that we used to we work with, people that you know that we've worked with and you know we, we still owe money to because everything's just stopped. Contacting me, going, Tim, how are you guys holding up? You know, we're really feeling for you. The industry is really tough, and you sit there going, holy mm. shit! You know, people actually care. And I've got a, I've got this whole idea around business that you know it's I'm a bit of a karma person, right? And I I think you know if you treat people well and if you treat your customers well and yeah and you know it, things will work out and things will come back in the end so yeah gotta take positive yeah and and it's very it's so kiwi when you just look at the energy and the the the, the love that that has come up from so many communities to people and even within commerce and culture and community just the whole thing it, it makes you like I, when you were saying that thing around around the staff is it's you you feel like hope for humanity and the love we have for each other from New Zealand Inc. And then also like pride that you're from here, that this is how we react to situations like this. And it kind of shows the, um, someone was saying the other day about leadership. It's like, you know, you're showing the true colors, you know, yeah. that true colors is, is really coming out with, with, with leadership that's been bad. That's getting called out with leadership. That's good with, with comms, with the whole thing. So it's quite, yeah. Hope and pride. I, I, I keep balancing that. They keep popping up over and over. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I, you know, we have a leadership is a really interesting thing, right? So you sit there and you, and when things are going well, when it's all going well, when everyone's rah 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 and everyone's happy and you know we're having drinks all the time, we're doing all the launching new things and it's all really exciting. That's that's great and everyone 
it's great for the for the culture of the business and everyone's positive actually what i've found is the last month for me has been the hardest of my personal um, business career hands down and i'm not alone and a lot of people have got a lot worse off than i do and right? you're more so, positive than most so yeah. yeah yeah well i think i think to be honest with you um maybe it's maybe it's the, the drugs i'm on no that's it <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's all the stuff that I'm taking. No, but it, to be honest with you, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, if mm. I'm if I'm not sitting there positive, um, then uh, then what sort of what sort of chance have we got? I mean, it's not we've got to be realistic, and I think re- there's realism and there's positive t- positivity. I, I'm I'm realist about this. I'm right. I'm a, I'm a, in a, a realist person. I understand that that we're in the fight for our lives. You know, we're in the fight. If this goes for twelve months, if this if this continues on like for for you know, we're not, in all honesty, we're not going to be around. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, and, and I can sit there and try to bullshit the situation, but that's the truth of it, right? And it's a heavy the, sentence so, to say. That's a heavy it's sentence he- to say. It, it's heavy to say. And, you know, we're working with our partners and we're working with everyone else to, to get through because we're a fucking awesome business and we're a great brand and our customer experience, we have an MPS of 50 to 60 plus. Like we've got these great things going for us and, and, you know, I want to see this business continue for a long, long time. I want to employ lots of people and have lots of people renting and staying with us and cruising with us. And we can do all that. We can do all that and we will do all that. You know, I've got to take a positive approach to this um, and and we'll get there. But it's um, but it's also an opportunity for us to, to look at our business and go, you know what? Maybe some things weren't totally right and let's change that mm. and let's reposition and let's refocus and so I, I can only take it as a, a good opportunity to reset a bit. Yeah. Heavy lies the crown, you know? Heavy lies the crown. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. The um, You had an email, EDM, that came out, and I think, I don't know if it was the right hashtag, but you had the wording in there, and it was like, like a local. Love your <laughs> like local. A local. Was, there was something. Love your local. Yeah. Love, you, love your local. Is that what it was? Love, love your local. Love, I think so, local. yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw and I was like, man, that's almost just like the the layout for that whole hyper-local New Zealand localized bucket list thing is like, you know, love your local, like your local. Yeah, I think it was love your local, I think it was. And I, and I saw those wordings. I was like, okay, how do you use that? Do you So within the co-opetition environment between um, either your business or all the different businesses, is there like an idea stream tab or a bucket that people's lateral thinking ideas are currently being collected for all the things you could do with assets and all the things you, what that new world of tourism, either for your business or for the ecosystem is like, is anyone collating and curating thoughts at from all levels of, of the organization? Oh, we are, we are with, within Juicy. So we actually had a phone call this morning um, uh, which we had on a regular basis on just collating all the thoughts that come in, right? Yeah. All the hey, how do we use these? Yep. Yeah. How do we use it? And and nothing's nothing's off the table because you're actually in a position at the moment where we've never been like this before, right? We've never seen what we're seeing at the moment. So for us to, you know, we've got people saying, oh, you know, we could we could put you know defleet the vehicle and do this and put it into courier vans and do this. We could do that. We can work with these different businesses. And actually, what's been really cool is I suppose. Historically, we we focused heavily on revenue, right? Like like all businesses, you know, it's um how many bookings have we got today? And I can tell you how many bookings we got from Germany, or how many bookings we get domestic. What's the what's the room occupancy of Juicy Snooze in Queenstown tonight? How many pizzas did we sell at Miss Lucy's? So I can we've always focused on that. And actually, what's really cool at the moment is there's no real focus on that at the moment because <laughs> there's nothing really coming in. So it's actually about focusing now on what are the ideas, what are the opportunities, where can we rethink this 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 and actually try to become a bit more guerrilla focused and it kind of takes me back to when we used to when we started this business and we used to advertise on the back of backpacker toilets because we knew people would be sitting there <laughs> looking at the looking at the wall and we you know and we did have this big thing of you can hire a car with juicy and it kind of takes you back to gorilla and it takes you back to thinking outside the square yeah, about yeah. how do we get business it's like you so know, it's, got infrastructure for it, and and this is a, a, such a great point, because it's it's like a you've got an infrastructure, thinking, some resource, talent, and you got a passion, and it's like okay, we've got all this formula shit, and we're like a chef. What are we going to make? What can we do? And it, weirdly enough, it's forced 
um, slow-moving cruise ships to become speedboats and instantly go to the cloud. But then this next wave is like, okay, well, now we're back over business. How does a big business become a new startup? And and that that rewires so many different ideas and thinking and just that lateral, you know, that what what you know Johnny from accounts Karen what Karen from accounts randomly throws against the wall all of a sudden be like oh actually you know shit do we you know partner with all the different pharmacies and do those deliveries for NZ Post do we yeah. you know partner with the XYZ do we create a little commune as a 360 in these distant space outs and become these you know remote communes how do we you know like all that shit just just starts right which which I guess you know entrepreneurial minds you start you get it fuels you you know yeah I think you kind of go it's like you go back in time a little bit like we got I mean we're we're a significantly sized New Zealand tourism business yeah we had 400 plus employees and we had multiple jurisdictions and products etc and that's great and we've been able to grow on innovation and product design and it's been really cool but I think for for me personally I kind of um maybe you, you get you get involved in the you know you sort of become I don't know maybe you're not so much the creative juices a little bit but maybe sometimes also people look to you for the answers on everything. And what I yeah. realized is that I've got a shitload of people who are really smart, really passionate. They are our customers and they're the way, and as soon as you sort of, it's like you kind of pull the string back on their back and the next minute they're just like, yeah. and, and, and some of the stuff is like, really? Are you on what I'm on? But, but some of the stuff is like, holy shit, that's a really good idea. Go out there and talk to someone. And what I've also liked about New Zealand and I, in fact, I love about this country is that, I, and I say it quite a bit, is that no one is off limits and everyone seems to know someone. Like, you know, like, totally. I need to get in with somewhere because there's an opportunity to do this. And someone goes, oh, my brother's kids play hockey with that person, that person, that. And before you know it, and you're on the phone, they're like, oh, yeah. And we, we kind of all want it. We've always wanted to help each other, New Zealanders. I kind of feel like we always do. And I think now it's even more, it's escalated, which is, Look, if there's going to be a positive out of this horrific situation that everyone's facing, then maybe that's it. Maybe people are just going to be a little bit nicer. I would definitely hope not so. Like not nicer. Yeah. No, but to totally. The um the Hail Mary idea is one of the th things I've been thinking about is the um, in almost every single business, even if the CEO or the leader is the, the nicest guy ever, anyone beneath them in terms of hierarchy usually doesn't feel like they have a platform to be able to speak up and actually say that idea. And I've seen it happen in person in other businesses when literally the, the, the CEO walked out of the room and all of a sudden all this, this, this banter started happening. I'm like, guys, what what just happened? And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, okay. and I was like, mate, he, he's there to help you do this thing. So it will be, it's yeah. actually going to be really, it's going to be good um, EQ tests for leaders and leadership to see how they actually, um, you know, communicate with all levels of the team to, to them like guys we're in this together literally flipping johnny on day two if you've you know thought of something now now might be an epic way to do it um i need to jump in and we've got a couple of things bro g oh, says um keep up the great work tim keep up the fight um creating domestic experience is a key eg the fairly pie shop on a shred mission it never gets missed and always gets talked about shachi yeah yeah and, um, nice. mabes oh that's right you know mabes uh, uh brett maber from uh pa yep. power, power farming group in, uh, in yep. Hamilton, power farming and ha milton yeah yeah ha milton uh from Monsville mafia says how do i comment and he texts me to ask you how to comment <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hamilton eight and he went to the same same school as me in Hamilton, same boarding school in Hamilton. Yeah, uh, say, no. say hi to Tim for me, so we get those. Um, no, uh, great guy. Uh, you got uh, so we've got a couple other things. Uh, Birdo, oh Birdo, hey guys, great chat. Tim, how do you offer tourism for the domestic market who have a can-do, do-it-themselves attitude without dropping the ROP by at least thirty-three percent to encourage Kiwis to take part in our own experiences across the New Zealand? Birdo, the New Zealand, come on, bro. Um, yeah. How how can we encourage Kiwis to get on board and support the New Zealand tourism industry until the international market returns? Oh, the bro, Birdo. Do you know this guy? Do you know Birdo? He's a he's a chap. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think um, look, I think yeah. I mean, for us, it's it's got to be about experiences, helping Kiwis get get the experiences out there. Look, there's no question that um, the yields probably historically we don't get a lot of domestic customers from our for our camper van business. Primarily around that summer period, a because a lot of the European customers pre-book that product way in advance, and, and b they pay you know or they pay a, a pretty high rate for it, and it, sometimes it prices the the New Zealand Kiwi market out of the out of the game a little bit. So there is a really good opportunity now for New Zealanders who've always wanted to 
take a road trip down the west coast or go up to the bay of islands or or do you know all these opportunities over a period which they normally wouldn't be able to travel and i think but we've got to be realistic on 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 yields and we've got to be realistic on on how we catered for that market and the fact that it's not going to be your three and a half week high that you get from your swiss customer but it's going to be different and that's okay um and we've got to make sure we we we, we listen to our customers but we create experiences and that's where i think the opportunity for us is to facilitate and create the experiences and offer things slightly different to what you might have offered to your international customer. And I think my idea around, you know, parking, strategically parking camper vans in different locations um, is just an example of that, right? We would never do that for the European market, but for the international market, yeah, I think. Oh, sorry, for the domestic market, sure. Um, Rebecca uh, Bex-Grace, does the growth opportunity in the domestic market present opportunities to play a stronger role with New Zealand communities for you, i.e. collective recovery, social value, as well as business value? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and I think, yes, it does. I think there's an opportunity for us to engage and probably more re-engage with the domestic communities. I mean, we have, you know, we have lots of people who are in our vehicles or and they're travelling around the country and they're going through different areas and they're staying in there, and they have an engagement on that level, but it's an opportunity for us to actually say to, you know, cities that are down down in the South Island or the North Island or the East Coast, wherever, and to work with these guys to say, yeah, help us pull together experiences. You know, if you've got a campground there, um, offer us great deals on campground, encourage New Zealanders to get out there, work alongside us, because they're going to have to, the international market isn't going to be there until at least, you know, the summer if if yeah and then it'll probably be trans tasman right so let's be realistic let's work collectively and let's try to but i think it's also up to the the local regions to 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 market advertise themselves i mean tourism new zealand Stephen, and the guys there will do an amazing job promoting the hell out of domestic travel and the australians will do the same because there's no money being sent off spent offshore it's going to be spent domestically so yeah. we're all going to benefit from it i mean look there is some risk and the risk is you know unemployment is a risk if unemployment gets up to, to high levels, you know, the ability for people to travel and be able to afford to travel is is definitely going to be a challenge for people, and, and we're totally understanding of that. And but you know, we're also New Zealanders are pretty in, in, innovative type people, and we want to get out. And after a month stuck in inside, we will want to get on the road, and yeah. we can do it, and we can just do it differently. And we got to provide the products and price for it. Yeah, the the. The collective glue to navigate all the different opportunities and touch points within tourism, that's going to be critical. You know, like even I was just thinking, you know, you've got Juicy Campers, they're traveling, hit up Mike Bennett's from Zed. You're like, yo, if we have a Juicy, we can go here, use your ecosystem, plug that in. You know, how do you, the, the weaving, the whoever can create the, be the commercial chef for yep. this whole thing, that's going to be cr critical. And then also the redeployment of different, obviously, assets being used in different ways. Um, Scott says, uh, I think if travel agents want to have a future, they need to reach out to local tourism operators, help them market their products, uh, create packaged experiences for a region, and everyone to pull their database together. It's perfect segue, yeah. Scott. Yeah, it's perfect. Just, perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think there, there, will, and there, will be, and there will be opportunities. I mean, there's, people have been saying to me, they've been questioning, um, you know, do you think, with a lot of, you know, with this current scenario, will that mean sort of entrepreneurs or people with ideas may be a little bit hesitant in, in doing things because, you know, they may not be access to capital, they may have been burnt on other areas. But I actually think the opposite. I think there's a really great opportunity for people to, to you know, what do they say, you know, never, never, never let, let a good crisis go to waste. And I mean, I'd rather not have the crisis, to be perfectly honest, but the op there will be opportunities that come from it. And I think people who are able to facilitate those, whether it's utilising technology or even just being just a simple scenario. And I think your example of Mike and the guys at, at Z is a perfect one, right? Totally you know, they've got great infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we actually work with them already and they're really supportive of our industry. So, but again, you know, they've got charging stations. We've got a small fleet of EV vehicles, camper vans. How do we move something together? And I think this is an opportunity for us to reset, not just personally reset, but also professionally industry-wide reset. Uh, Jason Wright, extremely positive and insightful. Uh, Tim, uh, we're totally in a lemon to lemonade moment in life. Jason from uh, Kaitiaki Adventures 2.0. There you go, 2.0. Yeah. Cheers, bro. Uh, he's a, they run an incredible business down there, and so and I and I and I think again, you know, this is we've got to be realistic, but we've also got to be optimistic, and I. I would say one thing, it's interesting, we deal with the Australians, because we're obviously in Australia and we're in New Zealand, and the Australians, 
I've got to be honest with you, people are going to hate me saying this. They have very, there's a very different mindset in Australia at the moment. There seems to be a very more optimistic mindset. There's a more, yep, tour, it's going to be domestic tourism, but, you know, it's going to, maybe it's because they haven't totally shut down and locked down. Maybe they've sort of had a bit of a hybrid, but there seems to be a lot more product uh, positivity around what the next six months will look like domestically. Um, and maybe that's just coming across onto me, but, you know, I could sit here and go, just, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I'm actually going to sit there and go, you know what, we're going to fight like anything to get the business, to get New Zealanders traveling and to to get through. 100%. You definitely have a bro down with um, Stephen from uh, Tourism NZ. I'm sure he's got, man, they'll be in the war room for the last, um, for the last little while. Geez, they're a startup yeah. now. But in a weird way, you would almost instantly think that for the next six months, every single dollar that would be spent of New Zealand dollars from the government to advertise coming is actually going to be spent locally. So that's probably at least a start, a kickoff of something interesting. Um, what do you think you've, you as a leader, you said earlier that this was the biggest challenge you ever faced in business. If you've done a bunch of crazy shit, what do you think you've learned the most about not how you lead, but how you, how you have been able to cope? What have you learned about yourself at that level? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard one. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't very a very good sleeper before all of this, and I'm sort of I haven't improved much. I think you know, look, I I think actually, I, I remember John John from Wilderness said, and I, and I really took this on board. And if you, for those who are listening to this, you should listen to his interview. I thought it was amazing. But what he said is that he actually said, "I'm going to miss this time," and I'm, the one thing he's really going to miss is his four p.m. Scooter, scooter rides, rides, scooter rides. Right, you, you remember? And I and I sat there, and I got out of that, that interview, and I phoned him afterwards. But I sat there, and I thought, I actually don't think I've made the most of this opportunity. And it sounds like an opportunity, sounds stupid, right? But I haven't. I've been at home for three weeks, and I've seen my kids less, and I've seen them when I'm working, or you know, and when I'm, and I've been literally here, and that's cool because we're in a we're in a fight, right? We're doing all we can to reposition, to get through, to get this on. That's and that's totally cool. What I also realized is this is a reset for me personally. And I can say, you know what? Um, yeah, it's a shit position. Yes. Um, you know what? No one knew that this was all going to happen and, and you've got to address it personally. But I think it's an opportunity for me to rethink some of those priorities and, and how to handle it. And I actually have started to do that. And it's been awesome. It's been really, really cool. And, um, you know, and I've been, you know, just just having that time and actually being able to sit back and go, shit, recess, but just don't. It's a bit like when you lose weight, right? And you lose weight and you go, yeah, I feel really good. And then after two weeks, you're back, you're back up there eating all the shit food. And, and so I don't want to be, go back there. I want to actually go, you know what? It's reset. It's better for me. It's better for our business. It's better for our family. And it's better for our people. So, yeah. So it sounds like you're about to start reading Harry Potter books from behind you <laughs> and, start, and start having like reading sessions with, with, with the fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm quite at that level yet, but but not far away. Are you, are you going to get back into the the tennis with with Marty as soon as you get back in, or you put on the pies sitting at home? What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm actually. I think I've actually lost a bit of weight, which is quite interesting, really, because I'm um well, I'm, I'm trying to go out. I'm trying to walk every day. I'm um trying to go for a run and just you know just I think if you it actually it actually finds for me it clears my head. I spend my whole time on zoom and phone calls and actually it's um it's actually pretty cool you know like it's um yeah you know, like i'm i've actually enjoyed the diff the difference of it i do miss our people um but what's really cool is people have got become really creative like our, our our new zealand rentals business their 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 management team have a quiz night tonight and they've got to dress up as their who as their partner that they're sharing their house with <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome and that so, is you know, so good and having a quiz night with some drinks and, and they're all stressed. No one knows, you know, some of them won't be here in two weeks time. Some of them are, you know, they've, they've had to take massive salary cuts and all this. And yet they're going, we're still a great bunch of people and we're yeah. still going to have a laugh and we're going to get through this together. And so it's awesome. So you got to be creative. The, um, the same way you were talking about before, how tourists will remember that pie shop and, and wherever, whatever the moments that staff, are creating now will create those exact same bonds for huge like just tribal packs of lo loyalty with each other and to businesses through this time as well and they'll be remembering do you remember when 
dot, 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 dot. <laughs> like there's going to be yeah. so many of those as well, you know? Yeah, no, I, t- I t- totally agree. And you know, we every morning at 10 o'clock, we have a, uh, a general, a GLT, general leadership team meeting on, on, um, on teams. And it's, it's, Awesome, you know, and I think actually the weirdest thing about it is we've been more disciplined, <laughs> more structured in terms of our meeting and everything else than we ever have been, and none of us are in the same area. And and the comments I'm getting back is, you know what, it's actually, it's been great. We're actually talking more together. We're um, coordinating more. There's more ideas and more creativity coming out of it. So, hmm. yeah. Isn't that weird that from a, a commercial perspective, there's a lot more efficiency been happen at distance but through technology but then through that same technology that's created distance people are earning the the touch of the human connection isn't that yeah. a weird thing yeah it is weird it's it's totally weird you know and uh, and i i mean i i really miss the the touch it sounds a bit creepy doesn't it i miss the touch <laughs> don't no, don't miss it from that respect but but i i do i do miss we're a very you know we're a family business we're a family environment we we scream we shout we get on we hug we go you know, it's all that and I and I do miss that. And I went to the supermarket last night, and I saw um, just a, a, someone that I, I know quite well. And I went up to nearly give them a hug, you know. And then she kind of looked at me. I was, was wearing I was wearing these gloves, which probably looked quite disturbing. I wasn't wearing some OJ face shit. Masks. Some OJ <laughs> some shit. OJ shit. <laughs> I was wearing some OJ shit. And I went out like this, and I was and she was like, mm. and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of missed that. So I'm looking forward to when trolley bumps, mate. You just got a trolley bump. Trolley bumps, yeah, yeah. Trolley, trolley bumps. Maybe that's the new thing. But no, I'm um. Look, I'm looking forward to normality getting back in terms of the working environment. But actually, I will take quite a bit out of the last three weeks. Man, on that note, what a great way to finish it. Rad yarning, bro. It's cool to see yeah. the um the, the good momentum. And mate, you're not getting much sleep because you flipping emailed me at like two thirty <laughs> in the morning or some shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. It's um, my wife. My wife's actually moved into the other bedroom with my youngest kid, and it's only because, only because I think she was so sick of the uh, the, the middle of the night. Because I get ideas in the night as well, like, and yeah. I just kind of start thinking about stuff. But yeah, no, mate. It's um, lo- love the chat. It's it's awesome. I just you know, for any of those tourism operators out there who have got some great ideas, who want to partner with um. With, with the with the with the green machine and um and we can do stuff together reach out guys because you know we, we've got to get through this together and and i want to see amazing people coming out the other side the man shot brother stay out of trouble I'll see thanks. You soon, eh? thanks bro cheers Later, guys bro. thank you bye the bro tim alp what a good bastard eh how cool, how, like, obviously you think about the exact time and, and the shitty circumstances commercially, but the leadership of like energy, momentum, positivity, lateral thinking, ideas of how you can, you know, reset and totally reframe and reimagine the entire business, how you're going to take this, take the shit on, but being, you know, as you're saying, being, being optimistic and also realistic, those two things, um, really, really solid chat. And it's, um, stoked to call my bro, stoked to see him leading with love and care and um a whole bunch of harry potter books behind him good old timbo uh shot crew stay safe stay smiling see you soon deuces i had whiskey in the other one actually